The life that God has called you to should look radically different than most. It's a very good thing to stand out and be different when what's setting you apart from the world is your love for the Lord. Don't be afraid to live a life in worship of Him. Don't be afraid to be holy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Inadequate Catholic Podcast. My name is Olivia, and I'm really happy that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me. So I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, you know, being a good steward of my time, and I saw an article from the New York Times called How to Host Thanksgiving with Unvaccinated Friends and Family. And I don't want this to be a point of contention for anyone or turn any of you off to future content, but I do have to say that regardless of your personal opinion on the matter, I think this is a very sad reflection of just how far we have fallen as a society. We are now at the point where mainstream media has decided that they are going to elect themselves as our parents and tell us how to handle our familial relationships. But the article piqued my interest enough that I was genuinely curious, so I read it. And the beginning seemed rather agreeable, honestly. Like, they had suggestions of come with an open mind, be reasonable, be open and communicative. But then it took a turn because it proceeded to then suggest multiple different routes to take to solve this problem. And rather than offering actual solutions, it kind of just gave a list of conditions and hurdles to put in the way, which I would argue, if actually practiced, would create more division within the families. And in their statistics, some people even just opted to uninvite members of their family due to their medical decisions. Now, I understand that family dynamics are super hard to manage. I come from a very loud, big Middle Eastern family, and there's a lot of different personalities in my house. And people, in general, have multitudes of different thoughts, beliefs, ideologies, and different ideas on how we should move forward and how we should do things. And sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we are in a family with people that, had we been in charge, we may not have chosen to include them in our lineup. But I've always heard that God designs families. And sometimes it's really hard for us to see why he would allow such difficult people in our families. But then I think of the famous stories in scripture. And I realize that this dysfunction in families is absolutely nothing new. Who killed Abel? His brother. Who sold Joseph? His brother. Who was jealous of David? His brother's. Who was upset at the return of the prodigal son? His brother. It is a laundry list of family affairs. In a few weeks, we're going to be hearing the genealogy of Christ in the Christmas readings at Mass. And it starts with God's formation of man in his own likeness and then proceeds to tell the lineage from Abraham all the way to Christ. And if you spend any amount of time reading or studying things in that lineage, you will see more dysfunction than you probably signed up to hear. Because the stories are wild. They are full of prostitution, infidelity, murder, incest, betrayal. All of the horrible things that you could possibly imagine are baked into this family line. But in every single story, there's a moment where God redeems that family. And sometimes it's because of a single key player. But every single person in every single family has a role to play. And sometimes we don't see it reflected immediately. But eventually, he brings it full circle. And that's one thing I absolutely love about God, is that he is not afraid of our humanity. He doesn't fault us for it. He doesn't try to hide the imperfections from us and only show us highlights or good people. In Christ's family, he puts absolutely everything on display. He doesn't shy away from the fact that we aren't perfect. 
He in and of himself is perfect, and yet he still chooses to associate with us as imperfect as we are. We are God's big, dysfunctional, messed up family, and yet he associates with me and look at the mess I create in my life on a daily basis. I remember once a few years ago, actually at a holiday gathering, I was with extended members of my family, and it had become very apparent to me that my mom and this other particular member of our family did not get along. And as I got older, it was more and more prevalent. So one day I finally got up the nerve and I asked, what is it about my mother that frustrates you so much? And she said, it's not that she frustrates me, it's just that her personality is a lot. And she takes up a lot of space when she's in the room, she's loud and just very like in your face. And I said, well, when people meet me who also know her, they tell me that I'm just like her. Those are the things that we share. So does that mean you have an issue with me too? And I braced myself ready for the answer. But she said, no, your level of enthusiasm isn't the same as hers. And I said, yeah, hers is way more refined than mine. But what hurt me wasn't necessarily her words, but it was that her love was only extended to me, but not to my mom, the person whom I I share so much in common with. Why was the personality that God gifted to my mom the reason for there to be conditions on the love she deserved? Now there's a quote that I often see that says, when you have more than you need, don't build a taller fence, build a longer table. But in order to earn a place at that table, do you require people to share the same beliefs as you? Is the New York Times really one-upping us right now? Do we really have to be taught how to be charitable with our families? The very people that God has designed and entrusted us with? We're supposed to give them restrictions and exclude them because we don't agree with every decision we think they should make? If you find yourself on this side of things, I want to challenge you. What do you accomplish by putting a condition on the love, kindness, and joy you're willing to give to someone else? Are you truly loving people as they are and being patient with them in the same way that God has been with you? How are you supposed to set a table for an unexpected guest? And how do you build a longer table when there are conditions attached to the kindness that you're willing to extend to people? Are you going to make it a point to check the medical, financial, and spiritual status of every person who comes to your door for help before they're welcomed into your home? Christ didn't push people away or exclude them. He didn't put conditions on whether they were suitable to be near him. He simply took them as they were. But for the sake of argument, even if he did do that, who would pass that test? Because I know myself and I know I most certainly would not have a seat at that table. And if in fact you find yourself on the other side of that, perhaps you need to be willing to remove yourself quietly from a situation without your pride getting in the way and allow others to be chosen over you. And maybe this is an opportunity for you to open your own home to others facing the exact same circumstances. And if it's any consolation, don't forget that Christ ran towards those who were marginalized. He sought them out. We see that every single person who was betrayed and mistreated by their family were also highly blessed by God. And although it hurts to say, sometimes the biggest enemy you have in your life shares the same blood that runs through your veins, and that's a really hard pill to swallow. But I would encourage you, don't harden your hearts towards difficult members of your family. Love them, but choose a different way of doing things. Don't allow yourself to restrict God's abundance of blessings on you by restricting the way you bless others. Ask him for guidance to be Christ-like in these difficult conversations and invite the Holy Spirit into those moments. 
that's what he's there for, to give us wisdom and counsel. Ask him to show you how to be more like him, and then just do what he says. It's that simple. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you next time. Exalti Christe, Ecclesia Sancte Dei, Supra Regnorum Fines, Nectenti Animas, Salus Perpetua. I'm Olivia Palmer, and you've been listening to the Inadequate Catholic Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next time for another inadequate conversation, and thanks for listening. Leo, grazie,